Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane of Voice Matters, and my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you? I am doing really great, Michelle. How are you? Very good. Very good. Well, and I think today's episode is going to be fun, especially yeah. um, having recently come off Oscar season. Thinking about big screen blockbusters. So we won't we won't get too deep into predictions or anything like that because that's not what we're gonna talk about. But we're gonna talk about, you know, how to pivot things from blockbuster yeah. to the small screen. I think over the course of the past few years, we've had to pivot a lot with the things yeah. that we do with clients or even as pros. And so we're gonna chat on that a little bit today. Yeah, I love this theme. I mean so when we were talking about this this topic today, you know, it made me think of in, you know, pre-pandemic, there was always like the big blockbuster movie season where, you know, the studios released like yeah. their signature like movie and everybody flocked to see it and they lined up and it was an event. It was a thing. It was like the signature thing and it was big and it was bold and, you know, they took risk and big stars and all of the things. And then the pandemic hit and our habits all shifted and audiences split and splintered and they're everywhere. And some people wait for things to come to streaming and studios have to figure out how to deliver the entertainment experience in a whole new way. And now we've lost a lot of people to in-person movies. People don't go to the movie theater anymore And so the strategies have had to evolve. And it really made me think of PR people who had these big, bold blockbuster plans that they relied on. And not just in terms of in-person events, but just in our whole way that we approach targeting our audiences. And everything has shifted. You know, we've lost, you know, we've lost a lot of in-person engagement we have a lot of fatigue with even things like webinars and digital events. We have social media has splintered like crazy. Mm-hmm. There's not one platform for any one audience and good luck trying to find Gen Z and where they are because who knows? I mean, <laughs> so there's like all of these differences in communication. So yeah, how do we take our big blockbuster plans and pivot them to today's audiences, which are everywhere, sometimes in secret places. I feel like they're sometimes in secret places. (laughs) Well, and it's, yeah, it's like someone shook the snow globe, right? And I think also it's, it's, it's that people at least appear to be more segmented with where they're spending time, but also with how, to what they're giving their attention. And I can't even make an equivalence of value of if your program or event or initiative is so valuable that people will flock to it. Now, it could be the greatest, most valuable thing in the world. And the person who is not going to show up, it could change their lives. That still is not a guarantee that they yeah. will show up. And it's not, sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's a judgment call of, okay, well, I only have this many hours in a month to give to this segment in my life. And then even if you plan to attend something or, you know, engage with something, life happens and and you just 
can't. You know, how many how many times have any of our days just spun off beyond what we thought it was going to be? And, and it just changes. And, you know, speaking to even in-person events, I had two conversations just this morning with two separate segments. One is a trade organization. One is a representative from a local little league. Both of us are trying to put on in-person events. If it's a fundraiser or just something educational and signups are dismal and on both fronts we're considering okay do we pivot to a different way or or are we going to pull the plug on on this event because people just are telling us what they want by their their non-response and i think even beyond the in-person i think now we really have to think about the so you know if you use the movie analogy, it's no longer just about the movie in theaters. It's about the longer tale. So it's about streaming and other things that you're going to pull through from that. And I think that we need to adopt our approaches to fit that mentality. So it's Mm -hmm. really thinking more long tail. There are events that are going to be for things that are fixed in time, like a funding, a funding announcement may not have a long tail with just the funding itself. And so that is something time-based that you have to have a plan around. And that plan is really for that period of time when that funding is going to be relevant. Right. But there's lots of other things that we can do with our strategies to think about the longer tail opportunities, even when it's something that's fixed in time. So you know, like with fundraisers, I know that we've had one of our solo PR pros that helped us put together a member deliverable on how she pivoted the fundraising during the pandemic and had a success story. So you you have to think about, okay, beyond this event, beyond this thing that really has a, you know, a timeframe, what else can we do with this? How can we purpose this? How can we make this accessible beyond this day, this time, this period to people. So does that mean offering something that is on demand later? Does that mean taking the assets and and recreating them and using them for something different? But we really do. We have to have our eyes on the horizon. Um, It's one of the reasons that our team loves data campaigns because they really do have a long tail. You get a lot of value from that, that data for, you know, months and months and months and months and months. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have clients where we get coverage every single month for an entire year. And by the time that year is up, we're still getting coverage, but now we have new data. Right. So I, you know, I do think we have to think differently. We can no longer think about the short sprint campaign and just the short sprint campaign. I mean, we should work in shorter sprints because things are moving too quickly. So, you know, I know we all used to, you know, plan like a year out or six months out. And now we, you know, we all pretty much run in quarterly sprints because it, it doesn't make sense to plan longer than that. Right. So while you're planning in shorter sprints, you also, but you still have to be thinking about how that is going to go beyond that. And, and let's face it, if you do media relations, be prepared for the long haul. Right. Right. Because, you know, even though, yes, it may be, you know, unless it's incredibly timely, you know, attached to a date, it may be current, but 
you know, you don't know what, what's in the reporter's pipeline. You don't know what else they have going on. And it may just not be, you know, we all know this. It may not be the right time. And yeah. you might get a surprise in six months. Oh, hey, I want to cover this now. Okay, and that's great. Don't tell you. I mean, I've right. had to. Oh, my gosh, right? So often, like, <laughs> radio silence. And we are yeah. thoughtfully reaching out. We're thoughtfully following up. And then seven months later, they finally cover something. And you're yes. like. This is why you have to be persistent, mm-hmm. respectful, but persistent. And nobody said anything. And it's like, thank you, for oh. reporter. So love you right now. And I mean, it's so, yeah, yeah. you, you, the long view, I think is, is the way that we all have to think. And it, and it, that is different for a lot mm-hmm. of, for a lot of us and a lot of people that haven't had to do that. And it doesn't mean that you haven't always been strategic. It's just that there's this evolution. And I mean, capturing audiences, that's another area that's so segmented. You know, I even think about how we, you know, had our social media strategies baked into our overall communications plan. And and we thought we knew our platforms. And now people (laughs) are bouncing. And, you know, they're bouncing all over the place. They are, it's, you know, Twitter is, who knows what Twitter's doing. Right. I don't know. I don't have Twitter as part of my communication strategy, but you know, even LinkedIn it's changing and LinkedIn has gotten so noisy and so crowded that now LinkedIn is even trying to clean up their algorithm Mm -hmm. and what gets served up in your feed. So you may have been seeing these messages popped up asking you was the content that you just saw useful. You know, they have a little poll it's not a personal attack, people. It really is LinkedIn, you know, working on their algorithm. <laughs> you know, from week to week, you know, people may go to Instagram and and then right. they're like sick of that. And then they bounce over to TikTok and it's like sick of that. And some people are over on Be Real because they're tired of all of it. I mean, it's so it's hard. It's, yeah. you know, there's no tried and true, but no, there isn't. I mean, yeah. newspapers, you know, local news, like all of the stuff that, back in the day were anchor points. It's just not true anymore. Right. It's, it's rare to find the town square that encompasses everyone. We we've lost that. And that's a whole other topic for another day because it's not healthy. It's not healthy for a society to not have at least one town square. You know, we, we see, we see those experiences come up from time to time, but, but it, it does all come back to, you know, really needing to focus on all of the touch points. I agree. Because, you know, even I on the, in, you know, on the content side, on the integrated marketing side, you know, you, you talk to clients who are, you know, are all in for, say, Facebook still in 2023. And you think not everyone's there. So, no, we have to do other things and be consistent. And you're going to feel so repetitive. You're going to be so annoyed with yourself because all you're seeing is your own messaging. Well, but let it go. It's true. And, and here's. Yeah where we have to be really careful. Sometimes that means that in addition to pivoting and thinking differently and being innovative and being prepared for the new complexities that we're faced with, you have to be sure that you're still delivering ROI and that you're properly setting expectations. And while you may not be raising your clients' prices in the short term, some of this can be more costly mm-hmm. because it means that you need a different set of tools. It means that it's taking longer to get 
the results that you used to get. I mean, so that adds to your cost. So you have to remain profitable, but you know, as you're bringing new clients in the door, you want to consider that because you you can't get the same LPR services for the same amount of money. So right. it's a really interesting time in our profession. Although I do think that there are opportunities. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And the opportunities are, are here for those of us that are willing to be creative, that are willing to look at things a little bit differently, that are willing to continue to learn because companies still need that. I read an article, I think it was in the PR News newsletter, and it was talking about how in housing is rising again. Um, and this wasn't specifically directed towards PR agencies, but it's a good thing to keep in mind that big, big companies are looking at bringing all of this in-house and controlling it. Mm -hmm. And they feel like there are things that they can do better. They feel like sometimes they have the company narrative down and that they understand the nuances and can tell the story better, but they still need agencies or outside help to bring in the things that they don't do well. And so as we have this push and pull again of, do we do everything in-house? Do we hire outside people? One of the ways that you can differentiate yourself is making sure that you're continuing to grow, continuing to be creative, continuing to learn and be willing to learn and mm -hmm. learning to, again, think beyond the short-term value and really think longer term. Like, how can I stretch this out? How can I wring every single drop of ROI out of my efforts? Right. Right. And, and, you know, keeping in mind too, this all, this is all part of our job for our clients of being a guide, whether that's, you know, specifically in your scope of work or not, you are the subject matter expert. We all are. And it's on us to know what's out there, to know what the opportunities are and to identify what would be a good fit that you know would work or that's worth trying. Because, yeah. you know, how many times have we started something and you have to adapt along the way because you think, oh, wait, here's an opportunity. Let's try this this way. And yeah. I mean, if you think about the entertainment industry, think about it in this way. Even though we have so many ways to access content, there are still hits. There are still shows yep. that break out from a smaller screen. There are, you know, recording artists who have like a hit record that everybody's singing and knows the lyrics to. So it's not a hopeless time at all. It's just, you know, and it's, it's kind of, you know, entertainment is a fun way to look at and to yeah. make some analogies to our job, but there's still opportunity to not only, you know, win that award, but, you know, make some money off the popcorn too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. I was just reading in, an interview with Jenna Ortega, who plays Wednesday in the Netflix hit Wednesday, and just her speaking about her input about the character and, and how that made some changes, and especially the her her fun little dance at the one yeah. formal that just took off and went viral. It, that came out of because she felt it was necessary for her to choreograph that herself and be quirky, as opposed to have someone choreograph it for her. And I think it was initially supposed to be a flash mob. And I'm so glad she stood her ground because that would have been the most un-Wednesday thing to happen, to have a sunshiny flash mob. 
But, you know, I'm sure on paper or when they shot that, they weren't thinking, oh, this is going to go viral. Exactly. No one, I mean, clients think that. Clients are like, we want this to, and we cannot always predict that. But I think I love, and I haven't seen that show, by the way. It's a hit. I haven't seen it. But me not seeing it didn't affect its effectiveness. (laughs) (laughs) And I love the Adams Family growing up. But I think it just, again, it's inspiring to know that trusting your gut and developing things that maybe don't follow the same old script, that don't follow the playbook, it really is okay. I Yesterday, I sat in where I actually stayed for the whole thing. There was this great podcast on AI and automation, and it was geared towards podcasters. But the woman who was the speaker was Molly Rulin, and she has a podcast media company. And she said something that I think was really interesting. She said that they call pilot episodes pilot episodes, but when she used AI, to seek the questions that people were asking, no one calls it a pilot. They all call it an intro. Interesting. That little tidbit was really interesting to really think about. And as a communicator, those are the threads that we want to pull. We want to make sure that we're tapping into the pulse of our audience and that we're serving up the things that they actually want. Because sometimes we can put on our blinders too and think, ah, oh, this is amazing, but it's not what other people want to hear, read, see. Yeah. And it's not in the language that they're speaking. So even though we have our language and we might call it this, you may need to call it someone else, something else, right. because that's what people relate to. I yeah. know for us, we have a client that deals in the independent workforce and has for years. And they do not use the word freelance, but we right. use the word freelance in our pitching because as much as people like solo PR pros hate that word. This is how people talk about us. So you could fight against it and, you know, you could say, but freelance is accepted. People know what that means and it's freelance. So, (laughs) and that works for us. I mean, we'll insert both terms sometimes, but, but yes, I mean, so being willing to change up how you talk about things and trusting your gut on things like be Wednesday and take control of your character (laughs) development, take control of your campaign development and put your quirks in there, put your unique spin in there. And I I think that that makes work fun. You know, I do that quite often. Like I'll I'll veer away from what everybody else is doing and be like, (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's so true. And, you know, even, even with the way we do use language, I know, you know, sometimes clients, they, they're they so wrapped up in, in what their things are called. And, you yeah. know, and, and, and sometimes we have to push back and say, well, that's not communicating. I know you know what that is. Yeah. But the consumer doesn't care. They just need to know if, if I want the thing and I want something good, I should just click here. Yeah. You know, just, just tell me what to do yeah. or, or even the way, you know, businesses can present themselves and say, oh, well, my model is really this. And I'm like, they don't care. They just want what you have. They don't, they don't care what it's called necessarily. Because at the end yeah. of the day, popcorn is popcorn, right? Exactly. You, you have your own brand of popcorn. You don't need to come up with a whole new name for popcorn. Just call it popcorn because that's what people know. And, you know, make your, you know, sell the differentiation. Why is your popcorn better? So right. I agree. <laughs> so pop your popcorn. 
binge binge Wednesday or Ab- <laughs> or Abbott Elementary if you have not done so oh, yet. Good show. <laughs> and That's hey, so binge us! Good. Come on, I binge have a bunch of episodes banked Ooh. because I'm that girl. Sometimes I have them banked for my leisure time. So. Lovely. Don't forget that about your audiences too. Just because yeah. you didn't, they didn't consume your content immediately does not mean that they're not interested. So have That's a way true. for them to be able to store stuff away yeah. or access it when they're ready for it. Yeah, that's very true. Well, we hope you binge on that solo life on occasion. We try to keep these episodes as short as a commute or a daily walk. So please do subscribe, share it around to your friends and colleagues. And until next time, thanks for listening to That Solo Life.